Damn. <laughs> what a way to start it. Welcome to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses. This is Rum, Ham, and Wild Cardsy. Only it's Soy Sunny in Philadelphia podcast featuring 50s doo-wop groups. My name is Brayden. I'm one of the Yellow Jacket boys we got sitting around the table here today. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Uh, I'm the second, uh, what is it, Yellow Jacket boy? Yeah. Donnie, what's up, y'all? Hey, it's the third Yellow Jacket boy, Adam. So uh, we got well, on the I'm phone here. I'm a Yellow here. Jacket man. <laughs> I'm a Yellow Jacket man. So let's start that off right there. Jot that down. And, and, Second and, of all, I heard there was a sporting event coming up this weekend, and I'm queued in on all the hits of sports, so I'm Dodger Dog. Dodger Dog. And Dodger you're, you're rooting for the Yellow Jackets this weekend, right? The Yellow Jackets. Yeah, go Yellow Jackets. Speaking, I love it. Speaking of Yellow Jackets, the only time I ever got stung by a bee was Yellow Jackets, and it was terrible. Oof. Ow. Uh, yes, on the Called phone out. with us. On yeah, the phone with us, that's the dish of the day. Um, and yes, as of recording this right now, Super Bowl has not happened. But uh, as of this episode being released, I'm sure we will have. Well, no, the game will be long over, and we'll know who have won. But it's not the Packers, so I don't care. Anyways, today on the show we are talking about season three, episode seven. The gang sells out. We are. Knee deep in season three right now, and it is a good time, I'll tell you what. But before we get started, you know we got to plug the social media. Head on over to at Always Sunny Pod to get uh, get filled in on some more delicious Always Sunny memes. You get some previews of episodes, so maybe you can check out what episode you want to listen to next. You can also find more clips of the show on our YouTube page, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. But at Always Sunny Pod is where you're going to want to go to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our Always Sunny Pod is the subreddit you're going to want to check out where you can find the list of lists and all the links to listen to us. The list of lists is every episode that we have reviewed so far on one list ranked. It's been interesting so far. This is number 24. We're going to have two dozen entries on the list of lists after today's episode. So our Always Sunny Pod, head over there. If all this was too much for you, rumham.transistor.fm is our website. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of business. Wildcard crew, listener of the episode, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of my favorite memers here on uh, Instagram, Patty's Pub Regular, posting some great content. And uh, we, we exchanged some funnies back and forth on the Instagram. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Patty's Pub regular and uh if you want to shout out on the show go ahead follow us on instagram and uh let us know what your favorite episode is and of course give us that five star review on apple podcast take a screenshot of it and we will send you some rum ham and mild cards merch finally getting the shirts figured out and going ordering some tests of them so we're gonna check the quality on them and then sure i guess is a strong word yeah, uh, we, we got a tank top coming and an actual t-shirt because the Dish of the Day loves tank tops. So he was like, could you please, please, please make a tank top? Yeah, our cover is going to be Dish of the Day wearing Bible. It's going to be Dish of the Day wearing the tank top that we made. And we're going to crop out his, his face with a rum ham. His flabby mayo arms, glorious in the wind. Yeah, because it's tribal. His what orange tribe are you in? I'm sorry, what tribe are you from? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that takes care of the business. At Always Sunny Pod. I'm going to stop talking about that now. Today's episode is The Gang Sells Out, released October 4th, 2007. We're going to talk a bit about this episode in the first half of this show, and then the second half, we are going to organize our arguments a little bit more and put it on a scale of 1 to 10. 
blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Anyways, so October 4th, 2007, this episode came out, written by David Hornsby, as well as Charlie Day, Rob, and Glenn. So um, David Hornsby has supplied a couple good episodes so far that we've enjoyed, but still no high scores. Matt Shankman is the director of this episode, so he is back as well. We're getting different directors on this season, uh, switching back and forth, it seems. So let's see how they did on this episode. Let's start out with 2.30 on a Tuesday. The gang is selling out, you guys. Sick of uh, sick of the way things are. They sell out in, in the form of a corporate buyout. A corporate chain offers to buy Patty's Pub with a comical amount of money that is basically hidden Quentin Tarantino style in, in a folded paper. That immediately makes the guys want to sell the bar. I'm not selling the bar anyway. Let's take a look. What, what is that? That's the offer. Let's sell this piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. See you later. Oh, really? Shit. Just like that? Wait just one second. We have to milk this cow for all she's worth. We need to be wooed. Oh. Yeah, I could go yeah. for yeah. Love to be wooed. Saying I could go for some wood. Uh, no, we're saying wood. Yeah. Yeah, cool. We'll get some wood, we'll build something cool, and then we'll go get the money. That doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, huh? Charlie. We're talking about being wooed by this corporate Dennis, guy. Dennis no, it's a waste of time. Uh, D jumps ship because she is going to be left hung out to dry because she is not a, quote, shareholder, if you can call them that. Uh, so she goes to work at the Rock and Roll Cafe with the waitress, and one by one, everyone just kind of jumps ship while the guys in the gang get selfish and try and get the corporate guy to give them more uh, than they have been offered. So, a lot of selfishness going on this episode. Plot's pretty dry. Yeah. I got kind of bored just talking about it right now. So Me too. Let's dive into it, you guys. What'd you think of this episode, The Gang Sells Out? I thought it was really funny, despite the plot. It wasn't, you know, that, I mean, you know, basic plot. Um, it didn't really hook me but i thought like the story didn't hook me but the way they they um developed the story the cold open was was really fun right right off the bat i like how they started in the middle of their their meeting with the guy and then the camera pans out and he's just like bewildered at whatever they're saying because they're just nonsense people and they're trashing him too yeah yeah <laughs> it's a uh, two good sunny tropes right off the bat the gang yeah. talking in front of a third party obliviously and um then uh, the gang, the way they think that there's a helicopter on top of the building, mm -hmm. it's two really funny sunny tropes right off the bat. They think they're in a movie and they're <laughs> not realizing that the person they're talking smack about is in front of them. Mm -hmm. Another interesting thing that we're seeing is Dennis, despite being a sociopath, is the only person that has like a real grip on the real world. Yes. And now I, that there's probably not a helicopter on the top of the building. Or secret tunnels. Probably. I agree. I think we'll I, come back to the secret yeah. tunnel. <laughs> I, I like I, I agree with you. I, I like how Dennis is kind of like the normal the the clear headed person this episode. Even though he's obviously crazy, but he's like the most normal. Um I'd say like grounded. Well, baby, grounded. Baby, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it seems like um Dennis is the most broken mentally in the way that he is like one of the more harmful. Mm -hmm. People in the gang, I'd say him and Dennis, uh, sorry, him and D. Oh, um, yeah. 
But yeah, that's great that he has like the better grip on reality than the rest of them. The rest of them are just stupid. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. Dennis has a grip, but he's crazy mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And Dee is just as manipulative this episode. She's kind of, she's fun. I'm going to get in into my D yeah. love of this episode in, in a little bit. But did you guys notice all the product placement that's starting to happen in the show? Speaking of selling out? No, I know. You think that's like them doing the thing like, you know, the gang desperately tries to win an award. The gang sells out because they have product placement now. Um, I think it's a very easy way to make money and not quote unquote sell out. Like you're not really doing anything much differently. Like you're not changing the show. They're not doing anything differently. They're just being like, hey, we'll make sure your brand and your product is shown that like we support it. We use it. It's here. It makes sense. As so there. like it's a way for them to get money without like doing anything differently for the most part just like they just put a picture or a label somewhere i mean they literally they get product placement into one of the jokes later in the show i yeah when charlie yeah. turns on the closed sign because they have ice cold cores that people can come in and enjoy that's great and you know whoever heard that at anheuser-busch was shitting their pants like you mean they fit it into an actual like joke <laughs> but um it makes sense that that's they right wild card crew Sign up now and you can get a stale Dodger dog. <laughs> stale Dodger dog and an ice cold Coors. Um, They've been in your closet for months now, right? You've been just saving them yeah, for resale? I have 12. Nice. 12 left. You're just waiting for the pandemic to fade out so that way you can go enjoy your Dodger dog finally. You purchased it a year ago. I crossed out the knot where it says not for resale. I crossed out the knot. It says for resale. Oh, you, you're good. oh yeah, yeah. You, you got them. You're good. Yeah, that's legal. Yeah. As we all know, uh, it's like when I change the address on my credit card bill, so that way it just goes someone else. I don't got to pay it then. <laughs> it's, it's someone else's problem. I don't get why you're laughing. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Adam's like, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> my credit is immaculate. Um, we're shareholders. And then we sing Dave Bow Bow. <laughs> Dave Bow Bow. Um, we're shareholders. I, I love it when they refer to themselves as shareholders because they're just bar owners. But because the gang takes themselves so seriously, they're not wrong in their head. They're attending board meetings in tuxedos, you know, dress for the job that you want. And they're, they're pretending to be in the job that they would like. They're pretending to think about <laughs> dressing for the job. That yeah, they yeah. 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 No, that is funny. I have that. that entire idiomatic expression outside of the or idiomatic back and forth outside of the corporate guy's office. The second time where Charlie's like, yeah, maybe I gave you some of my shares when I needed some breathing room when my back was against the wall. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, for argument, like, is his back not always against the wall? I've never questioned that. <laughs> it's like they just watched, like, Wall Street how would, or something. How would giving someone immaterial shares give you breathing room? All right, well, let's talk about it. How about this GameStop stock? <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, like the movie. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, they're making movies about it now. That's not what I meant. I was talking about the the movie Wall Street. I feel like they just watched that movie from like the eighties, and they were like now talking with all this like Wall Street jargon and like board meeting words and all that. I'm impressed he like knows that he's like even using it half properly. Maybe he's not. Let's talk about it. What situation is Charlie talking about? Hypothetical. Just come up. Come up with one. Where? When was Charlie's back room. against the wall? What's the hidden episode? The deleted Sunday when, episode. When they, I guess, before Frank moved in and Charlie really was paying his own yeah, rent, okay. I guess he was struggling for sure. Okay. Or, 
Or when 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 Dennis and Mac like teamed together and they, they made Charlie do all the Charlie work, and he was like, "I got stuck with the Charlie work." That was that's that's it. That's what I'm thinking. I like to think or he got caught up in his scheme. Back, yeah. Sorry? Maybe they super glued his back to the wall. <laughs> mm. And they're talking and literal. Literal. Yeah. The shirt was too tight. Maybe yeah, it. like Mac so, and Dennis were threatening him, and his back was literally yeah, up against the wall. I like to think he fell for his a shirt scheme. Was too tight, so he couldn't breathe. Like. A, a scheme of some sort. I don't know. Chicken and airline miles scheme. Um, but Maybe yeah. when they bought the boat, he was a little fucked. <laughs> they Charlie, lost money on that. Charlie's phenomenal this episode. Yeah. Uh, the getting wooed versus wood. Yeah. <laughs> freaking, How would you get wooed? Uh, freaking great. You? How can you be wood? <laughs> and, and, and then on that wood? note, to bring it into that scene in general, um, we're seeing how Frank manipulates again like they were about to make a lot of money an amount so much they had to hide it tarantino style but because of frank's manipulation they want more because of their selfishness they want their legacy preserved whatever the hell that entails a plaque i guess yeah no yeah, i did write that down that they ended up just yeah screwing it over and wanting more because like it was the other way around is Dennis and all them, like, well, everyone started with, oh, we, we're we not selling the bar. This is who we are, blah, blah. They see the amount of money, and they're like, all right, sold. But even Frank, like, immediately flipped to, all right, let's ask for more. Because even the gang had time from leaving the office to getting to Frank to be like, all right, we want more. Like, they were still in sell mode when they got to Frank. So, like, mm -hmm. Frank flipped fast, and, yeah, he fucked it. Frank fucked flips it fast. Paper hands. <laughs> Paper hands. <laughs> Sorry, what? Back to Charlie for a second. Did you guys notice when they were working at the restaurant, Charlie was the only person who was using the suspenders as suspenders? <laughs> I did not notice like that. For everyone else, they were just a uniform. They had a belt to hold up their pants. They had pants that fit. But Charlie particularly used his uniform suspenders to hold up his pants. <laughs> wow, good job. He also, he also literally has his sleeves rolled up. When they say roll up your sleeves and get to work, he literally has his sleeves rolled up, and he's <laughs> the only one doing actual work. Yeah. Um, and then more more on that there at the at the Chachki's restaurant at the uh, Rock and Roll Cafe. Uh, I, I think the waitress and D in this episode is one of the highlights in this episode, their relationship and their chemistry in this episode, in my opinion, was one of the highlights up there with Charlie. I agree. I think that, um, seeing, seeing the waitress just pop up in the episode, um, was a real good surprise and seeing them interact and, um, seeing D try to pull one over on her and be like, yeah, my brother, you know, thinks you're cool. It's just this blind relentless, relentlessness to ruin the waitress's life. Yeah. Like D is this, like inability she she knows what she's doing at the same time she just really doesn't she doesn't see how her schemes and laziness could like have a have a negative outcome for anyone other than herself like she ends up okay so really the plot was okay yeah except she got fired so maybe it wasn't yeah back to square the, one the narcissism really shines through and like you're saying like she's technically at rock bottom like she just missed out on I'm what assuming is going to be thousands of hundreds of thousands or millions, whatever the deal would have been. She just missed out on a bunch of money. She's mm -hmm. now going to this new job, having to like reestablish herself. And like day one, she's going to be like, here's my empty application. I'm going to get a beer. Let me know when it's filled out. And like, I have a uniform and 
yeah, she, it just really shows that like she still is just me, me, me. And did you go to high school? Yeah, even though that line is like I know we talked. About I this before. I laughed. It's, I laughed really hard at that line. Donnie didn't. It's funnily delivered, and it, I get it, but like. They literally went to high school together, and they yeah. point that out, and like they make it. But a that's thing. not it's the, very obvious. They like, weren't. They weren't trying to say that they didn't go to high school together. I think she was trying to say like, don't justify it. It's a plot hole. It's okay. But it's not a plot hole. They, they didn't need to have the full show. It's not Futurama. They don't need the whole show flushed out right away. All I'm it's saying, okay. All I'm saying is they could have easily picked a better line. She could have easily been like, "What's your address?" or where else have you worked? Or like they could have just picked anything else that yeah. would go on an application that wasn't the one thing and delivered she would it know. in that cadence. Like that's literally the one answer she does know besides like her name. Like or she could have been like, "What's your birthday?" Like or "What's your like what's whatever?" I don't know. Okay, that's the only thing that, right. for technicality reasons, just slightly rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. Yeah, we don't know How they about went that to high double school. Double drop though. The double drop. Yeah, I pull that all the time. <laughs> just D- disclaimer Donnie Crunkleton has never performed a double drop at any of his jobs previously yeah. or presently <laughs> gotta do a quick lawyer disclaimer That's, there explain to me the scheme when I get I a no bill idea. from a restaurant I meticulously look it over and I say I didn't order the steak and then the waitress is like half of the steak is on your plate you're still eating it and then I look at her and I say I didn't order the steak how <laughs> would a double drop work have you ever considered that not everyone is as meticulous as you? So the only reason, just for the sake of argument, first of all, all the receipts and everything should be in the computer. So like, I guess you can close it out. But what I'm assuming happens Man, is... 2007. They didn't even right, have computers. Right, exactly. So let's assume that you your bill is $15 and someone else's bill is $20. If I drop their $20 bill and get $20 and I drop that same $20 check on your table and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm paying $20 and you pay 20 technically I'm only paying 15 for your check and then I get to keep the $5. That's what it sounds like. I understand that. I thought you but just asked what it was. Bill, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People look. look at it. Most people do. But assuming you're at a bar and you're drunk and you're eating and you just the bill comes and you're like, oh, it's $13. Here's the money. Like. It probably wouldn't work a majority of the time. It sounds like she's never been caught, never been confronted. I get what you're saying. It's probably a $5 difference. Yeah. Like $10. Like you're saying, you're if you go and order a couple rounds of drinks and they hand you a $90 check, you're going to be sus. Am I using that term correctly? But if <laughs> you get, you know, a $35 check as opposed to a $30 check, damn, those beers were pricier than I thought. Yeah, something like that. You know, it, it's but like what uh, what you dish? The gang, uh, Dodger dog. Oh yeah, the Dodger dog. But yeah, see what Dodger dog is saying. Like he's gonna literally be like, oh, it's an extra three dollars because it's a different food item and three extra beers. Like he's saying, he's like really gonna fucking crunch the numbers over here. You know the end of Save That Money by Little Dicky, where he goes on that long rap <laughs> bar about if you're at a restaurant, you order iced coffee and they double charge you for it or whatever. Don't double charge me for that. That's the dish of the day. If you guys are trying to get a good image of your head of what he's like, he'll 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 go through. Think That's about correct. what the ice cubes worth because I ordered the coffee with the ice cubes after comparing it to the price of the ice coffee and determining that the coffee was cheaper to order with ice. So what's the ice cubes worth? That did actually happen to me once at a restaurant, though. I got a burger with a side of bacon, and it was cheaper than the bacon burger. Rest Fucking my stupid. case. Rest <laughs> my case. Oh my god! Um, How about the boys double dipping her double down? 
her double dodge and taking her money. That was perfect. He's like, yeah, we just take the difference out of your purse. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good that was a good uh quick little line. There's a lot of good quick quips in this episode, like Frank's Frank's fast delivery of uh the doo-wop group when he's like, uh, what do you mean? Have you ever heard of gangster rap? Yeah. He's like, gangsters sing all the Have time. Have you ever heard of gangster rap? Is this a hose job? Just a lot of obliv- obliviousness going on in this episode. Take it back taking it back to Frank Mack and Dennis's scheme. When they go back and they're talking to the guys, like they're more concerned when they're talking to the corporate guy for the second time negotiating. They're more concerned about who gets to participate in what role of blowing up the bar than they are about successfully pulling off a negotiation. And they have a supposedly good negotiator with them, the warthog, Frank. (laughs) The warthog. The warthog. <laughs> Did I just do your job for you? So there's another plot hole for you, Adam. If we're just what? gonna, if we're all gonna pick apart plot holes here, Frank's <laughs> supposed to be good at business. Where's his business ethics? Like you said, they literally the business ethics. Yeah, you got the callback. Yeah, Anyways, that is sorry. funny. Um, no, that is funny. Yeah, they just literally thought that because they were offered so much money that they were about to get whatever they wanted. And it was obvious they were asking for helicopter flybys and <laughs> pictures and blowing up the bar and shoot your shot, you know? Yeah. Shoot your shot. There's shoot times to shot. shoot the shot and there are times to not. Yeah. I was about to say, depending on what number was really on that piece of paper, if it was as much as I really think it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. If it was at least 50 or more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you think was on there? Your internal guys? Zillow. To be completely on honest. Episode, Donnie. What? Your internal Zillow. You you can you can oh, round yeah. up a Zestimate from inside you. You were like, well, downtown Philadelphia. It seems like with the real estate market there, put on your fucking plastic visor. Now you're the warthog. Yeah, that was yeah. No, that's exactly what's going on in my head. But I would say it would be at least a million or two million. Wow. If they if he was the way he was selling it, saying like how much he loved the location and what it could really be for their business, like. I really feel like it's three figures for each of them, at least. So probably at least five hundred thousand. Oh, yeah. six figures. I was thinking like six figures. Yeah. Sorry, I was I like three figures. Yeah. Hopefully, I was about to Thanks say between the three of them. <laughs> I was about to say six figures between the three of them. That's why. And then I remembered that there's not three of them, so I almost messed that up. See, too. that's what I was thinking. Like it's probably six figures each, but like I don't know if it's like at a million or more each. Like that'd no. be a little high. I thought it was like this is who we have <laughs> investing in GameStop. Three figures for each of them. <laughs> Just hold diamond hands, baby. See, that's what I'm saying. If we can't even get the, the <laughs> amount of figures right, if we can't tell the difference between $100 and $1,000, you should obviously take our financial advice. Uh, they take <laughs> the corporate man to a strip club yeah, where he reveals to them that he is gay, and they proceed to pull out... And we get the deep dive. The deep, the deep dive. deep dive into gay culture. Again, the trope where they talk in front of him without realizing he leaves Batman style. Yeah. Um. One of the highlights of this episode. Yeah, and it real it I don't know if you guys caught this or whatever, or maybe I'm overthinking it, but when Mac is like it really shows why Mac is now trying to be this big tough swole guy. Like to him instantly being that big tough swole guy means he can't be gay. Like his reasoning why he was shocked that this guy wasn't gay is like he's a big tough guy. So like that's why Mac is big and tough and acts like that and wants to be the big tough guy because it instantly is just him not being gay. And I don't know if we've seen this before, but this is like one of the first times so far, I think throughout this show that it really like happens that way. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, it's pretty simple reasoning. His dad, Luther, is big and tough, and he's not gay, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We find out slightly maybe otherwise down the road. But anyways. Yeah, more on that later. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, Max body dysmorphia, I think is the word you're looking for there. Like That too, yeah. Where he, he sees himself differently, and he also does it mentally. Like, how do you see yourself? He says the sheriff of patties. <laughs> Like, yeah, that too, yeah. Like, um, it's That's funny. It's his old dysmorphia about his personality. It's his dysmorphia about his physicality. But another physicality I want to point out in that scene is Dennis. Because mm-hmm. if you watch the scene, he knows where the conversation's going. He's just sitting there flicking his beer. He's waiting for them to say, he's not gay. He's too big. And he says it all know-it-all-esque. Again, like Adam said, the most grounded to reality and probably right about gay culture wouldn't know too much on the conversation <laughs> there. But, like, he, he says it with enough confidence where, you know, I don't know enough to disprove him. Yeah, I've always wondered why he knows so much about that culture. He knows a lot about everything is yeah, what it yeah. seems. Yeah, he just seems like a He very... did go to Juilliard, yeah. which yeah. I believe Glenn Howardin actually went to Juilliard. Mm. That's in Pittsburgh? Uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Juilliard School, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yeah. Hilarious. So that's that's nice. the only relation I think Glenn Howardin has to Dennis. Is is that's their only connection. Okay. Say Juilliard. That's interesting. Um circling back to Mac, that Mac finds himself a leather jacket, even though he was told he couldn't have one. Is that the duster that he's wearing? It's not a duster, it's just like a leather overcoat or whatever that he found, oh, even God. though they said he couldn't have one because he's a bitch. It's like <laughs> a leisure suit. I think D, so far, I'm speaking from our very first episode, I think D is the most consistent character this entire show. Uh, what do you mean? She has been the most consistently herself. Mm. Either that or her character uh. has just been written almost perfectly from the start. But when I think about when I think about all the other characters from the past three seasons, they've they've had their misses and like not necessarily there hundred percent. But I think of like how D has been this whole time. And she's really since the beginning stuck it in the show as I am as bad as the guys in this place. Like she she proves right out from the get go. And because of that, she has the most consistent character. I don't really agree. I think that um, I don't. I don't like watching her all the time because some earlier in the in the in the show, she's like the goody character. She's the voice of reason. Um, she's always you know better than thou. Um, and I didn't like that. And then, but I like it through season two and now through season three, seeing her develop into like the terrible manipulative character that we know her now so I, I wouldn't really call her consistent i've just see, i've seen her develop down that way the entire show and change i think she still i think she still tries to do the better than thou act i still i still think she tries to do it because like look let's look back at a few episodes like dennis and d get a new dad hmm? um she or maybe that maybe that's a bad one because she's just as bad on on that episode. But like, the gang gets invincible, trying trying to prove that she can hang with the guys, be better than the guys in some ways. Yeah. But in reality, but that's a different she, D than this episode. How so? Because this one, she's like a, I 
I, I see where she's coming from, from like a, like a good point of view from the gang against Invincible because she's trying to prove that she can do just what guys can do. I get that, sure. Um, but in this episode, she's like, I'm just trying to get my own. I'm trying to pull one over on, you know, take it. This episode, she's trying to take advantage of the waitress in a really manipulative way. And that's different from the gang against Invincible when she was just trying to, you know, pull one over on the guys and prove something to them. But this episode, she's not trying to prove anything to anyone. She's just being a, you know, a dick to the waitress. I'm not, I'm not saying she isn't, I'm not saying she isn't manipulative when she's pretending to be high and mighty. Mm. Let me try another one here. Charlie goes America all over everyone's ass. Um, she starts out as we're gonna go on an anti-smoking tirade. Mm-hmm. And then that quickly becomes, how do we up these guys that burned us, the anti-cigarette quote unquote actors yeah. that, that burn her? Like, how do we get back at them? Okay. Very Dennis like in that yeah. way is what, I, is what I'm saying. So like mm-hmm. her and Dennis, it makes sense that they're twins. They kind of do the same thing. They pretend to be better than everyone else while being arguably probably the worst. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this episode helps prove our theory that uh, the people around the gang, like Cricket and the waitress, they almost, they don't ruin themselves completely, but they help ruin themselves as much as the gang ruins them. Like, Sure, D sets up the waitress to get trapped in this episode, but the waitress makes a conscious decision to let D keep double dropping the checks because she thinks Dennis will think she's cool. Mm -hmm. And granted, that's only because D says it. But I don't know, maybe I'm sounding like a victim blamer here, (laughs) like she's the one being manipulated. But but really, anyone with a whole conscience should be able to still say, no, that's still a bad thing. You know, yeah, well, it just shows Dennis that you're lying. It just shows how bad the gang is because they and they just suck the people around them into their lives. I mean, Artemis didn't get affected by or infected by them. Like Artemis is just fine being in their life. So I guess to your point, yeah, Cricket and the waitress were kind of fucked up to begin with too. You know? Yes, but the base level is that Artemis was fucked up and Cricket and the waitress weren't. That's why Artemis doesn't get fucked up by them. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Artemis yeah, comes in swinging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other two were relatively normal. Okay, that's a good point. At the very least, I think it shows how how desperate uh, the waitress is for Dennis in the way that Charlie is desperate for her. It helps move some character continuity along, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like, Is that helping prove it more or less? Like, Are these characters able to break away from the gang? Are the side characters still ruining themselves? Um, I don't really know, but I, I, I love the, the love triangle between them, so I think it works. And I hope we see more of it. Yeah. I love the music they choose to play during, like, tragic and fucked up situations. Like, during the hockey heart attack, the music was fucking hilarious. I let's, wish I could recreate it. But. Let's get into the doo-wop group. Frank, <laughs> Frank gets his gang from the fifties uh, together, and you can tell they're the, from the fifties because of their leather jackets. Uh, they go, and they're old. Yeah, they go and loiter <laughs> in front of the bookstore. It's being bought instead of patties. Uh, another one of the highlights. Fuck. 
I burst out laughing when they were playing Jack. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> I don't laugh at that every time, but like that's classic. I love when um <laughs> when the the father puts the the, the the dollar inside of Max's cup. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that whole exchange. Yeah. Literally, as soon as the doo-wop group is introduced in this episode, I think the quality goes up exponentially, mm. tenfold. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Have you ever heard of gangster rap? <laughs> Twice we mentioned that now on this episode review, and I'm probably going to mention it a third time here later. Uh, I because I just can't think of anything more wholesome in this godforsaken show than a group of old guys singing doo-wops in front of a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because like I've never listened to the words that they were actually singing. I just thought it was a funny, goofy song, whatever. Like they were actually singing about like being bees or something. Like it was like buzz, 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 buzz. Like dude, it was fucked up. Frank doesn't know any of the words no. either. <laughs> That's he's just going along with the ride. But he like wags his finger when they say no, no, no. Yeah. Like he's still on sync with it. Doesn't know a single word. Uh, shout out to the Mighty Echoes. That is the name of the group that is featured in this episode. The Mighty Echoes. Good for them. Thank not, you guys. Not featuring a member named Hockey. No. But I don't... He has actor credit on IMDb. I don't know if that means he was part of the Mighty Echoes too. Or if or if he was brought into the cast. Is the Yellow Jackets a real doo-wop group? No, they're not a real doo-wop. Okay. They can be. I was about to say, I feel like they wouldn't, I feel like it's either a spinoff from like a slightly real (laughs) group or it's just like, it's just a a play on doo-wop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. They're snapping. (laughs) 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 Pedal faster. I hear snapping. Doo-wop, doo-wop, doo-wop. Yeah, you guys have a lot to say about this episode. I'm loving it. I thought you were being sarcastic. I was like, it's been 35 minutes. (laughs) Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's half sarcasm. Maybe it was half, but like it still has been 35 minutes. So like that's a long conversation already. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we have more of this episode that we are going to talk about here today. More of the gang sells out. We're going to put a numbers to our argument on a scale of one to 10. It's going to be fun. We're going to sing some more doo-wops. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. Brayden sitting with Donnie, sitting with Adam, and the dish of the day is on the phone with us. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7, The Gang Sells Out. Before we get to the second half here, just as a reminder, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can follow us, so... Get notified when new episodes come out by hitting subscribe, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us with that five-star review if you're enjoying the show so far. We really appreciate it. Let's get back into it. We got five categories that we are going to talk about here today on the show. We got the story, we got the characters, we got the quotes, the overall humor, and the wild card. We can give up to 10 points for each category for a total of 200 points. And we will do a bunch of boring math that we will handle here on our end. You just sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of this episode review here. Let's get into it. Story, what'd you guys think? I I didn't love it too much. I think the cold open was great. Um, whether, whether or not that counts for the story, I don't know. 
Um, I'm giving it a six. Um, it was, you know, kind of boring story overall. I think that the best parts of the st- of the episode came out with the characters, um, and the jokes, and you know, the story kind of took a back burner. You know, uh, for me, I was kind of uninterested in what was going on with the the money and selling stuff. I didn't really care. I'm slightly where you're at, but I, while you were talking, I actually convinced myself to give an extra point to this category oh, simply nice. for the fact, yeah, yeah, I convinced myself. But um, so obviously the selling the bar story, that's how it starts off. I do love the cold open. I absolutely agree with that part. Um, and then the whole, I almost said Hard Rock Cafe, whatever the cafe is called, like that's the second story. And then at the end, they do collide when like the corporate guy comes in and like fires them so like i do for that sole reason i will give one extra point because the stories do collide at the end and it wasn't the greatest biggest surprise necessarily but like that's what i like from sunny the two separate stories that just somehow find a way to collide at the end so i'm actually gonna give it a seven okay jeez yeah okay i gave it an eight because i thought that all three stories collided because there was the doo-wop story collided at the end when they showed Thank up you. to his house and mm. unfortunately uh hockey had to pass uh hockey yeah, hockey. Thank you. I'm glad you brought that up because I did have three stories written down, but you guys sounded disappointed, so I left it at two. But I did have that there were technically three storylines here. Okay. Uh, 6.5 for me. I'll go up an extra half point. I'll go from five to six. Um, <clears throat> just because I still stand that this is super, this is a super dry plot. I don't know yeah. why. I just like this plot the least out of all the plots in season three so far, at least that's not to say it's the worst one we've watched, but definitely in season three, this is not the quality that I've expected. Um, but again, as soon as the doo-wop group comes in, as soon as that storyline is introduced, becomes way better. Uh, D's relationship with the waitress, this episode, that's more points on the character, but because the story allows that relationship to flourish even though it's a dry plot, I will give it one tick above a five average and go for six. Cool. Good job. We all, we all got up a little bit. Yeah. How do we all talk ourselves up on that one? Are we that desperate to get to above an eight on a score in this show? We I was, generous. Episode I was an eight? generous in other categories and I was like, all right, maybe the story wasn't that great. But like, I mean, like I said, I did have three storylines written down. They do all intertwine at one point or another, and they do all tie together at the end. So, yeah. I'm kind of feeling like an eight was maybe too generous, so keep talking, Brayden, and I'll lower it. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything more other than the fact that there's just, like, there's no major twists. There's nothing that made well, me... There's nothing that really caught me off guard because, again, for some reason, I forgot about this episode by and large. Mm. And I think it's just because I didn't like it that much. I still really, I don't. I've had a few that we've watched that have regrown on me. But this is not one of them, you guys. Um, That's all I got. I'm not going to argue for you to lower it. If you liked it, you like it. I just think we're going to have way better in the next coming episodes. Yeah, okay. I think when you see the next few episodes, you're going to be like, well, I shouldn't have given that an eight. You didn't like how the corporate guy ended up owning their restaurant too at the end? We knew that. 
We knew that. We did know that. He did we? say it in the we beginning. We did know that. I but never I caught know it. He was going to show up and be the one to yeah. be like, all right, we're firing house because yeah. this whole situation got fucking weird yes. last night. I like yeah. that he justifies it by going, I just, my, I'm, I'm all off now. I'm, I'm a, having, yeah, I'm, in a in a funk. Funk, yeah. I'm in a funk. I'm in a funk. Could you imagine? <laughs> Your boss comes in and because he was in a funk last night because of something your other idiot friend did, he fires you. Yeah. So that's how I lost my other job. Um, <laughs> uh, characters? characters? Characters, same thing. I think the same exact thing is going to happen. I'm actually going to uh, start it off. I did have a six. Uh, I'm going to up it to the seven because of the doo-op. I don't ever give points for side characters and stuff like that, but the doo-op group, the waitress was a big one in here. Um, I love Charlie being the illiterate, but still leading the way and plotting and trying to be the manager and trying to take charge and trying to impress the waitress. Um, yeah, and then D, we'll talk about D. I'll let you take that one away since you love D, but D was classic D. And then Frank was classic greedy Frank. And yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. I, For that reason, I gave the characters a nine. I thought the characters were pretty on point for whew. being their characters. I was about to say, I love Dennis and Mac blank. So fill in Dennis and Mac and I'll come up to an eight. That was directed at you, uh, Dodger Dog. <laughs> uh, you know, Dennis was the... <laughs> thinks he knows everything, and he's also the guy who uh, is trying to manipulate the... Sweet baby! Oh, come on, don't do that, sweet honey. <laughs> to the fucking waitress. Doesn't yeah. even know her name. What's her um, name again? Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> And then Max trying to trying to get, always trying to get involved in something something trying to get involved in the doo wop game. There's like no, cause you're a bitch. I never realized how much that line. I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. I never realized how integral that is to Max's character. That yeah. joke when he makes that that is the essence of his whole character. Yeah, he's the classic follower. Like whatever is hot, whatever is being told to him at that time. Like that's what he's gonna do, and that's what he's gonna join with. And we need to get yeah. guns off the street. <laughs> and then they need to get more on the streets. That's from our yeah. least right. favorite episode. Right, I'm giving the characters an eight. Okay. Unless you guys can talk me back down. Well, I I originally had mine at an eight, um, and I was going to go up to a nine because I like them a lot. Um, so, but I'm not really sure if I want to go up to a nine, so I'm going to stick in the middle of an eight point five for the characters for all the things you guys have said. Um, Screw you, Adam. Yeah, okay, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll explain why in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain why. I'm not just saying that to say it, I promise. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'll say it just to say it. Screw you. you. Adam, have yeah. you ever sat down and considered that, that you know, maybe your mom gay? <laughs> uh, not recently, no. Never. Um, it doesn't cross my mind. But she had um, she has six children. Six children, so I don't think she's gay. Um, I don't know. But I, I don't really... I don't want to go up to a nine <laughs> because I don't think that the, like, I don't know. D was kind of like really crazy at this episode. Dennis, as much as like, he's really on point and really grounded. He's still not like the super crazy person, evil person that I love to see him normally. Um, so 8.5. I mean, he's still, I love, I love, I love the, all the characters, but I'm not going up. He's to not a nine. the super creepy. Yeah. He's not the part I mean, of Dennis. He kind, of, like. he kind of is in like his own small ways, but I'm not going to let you give any more points here. Uh, I went the reverse logic oh. of you. I was going to bring my score from an eight to a seven, but because of Donnie and Dodger Dog's uh, arguments, I'm going to keep it at an eight. But then because of your argument that you raised to an eight and a half, just to spite you, I'm going to take a half point off of my score just to negate all the change you made. Aww. 
So, um, quick maths. Stonks. Okay. Seven and a half out of ten on the care. <laughs> Seven and a half out of characters. Um, Sweet D is exceptional in this episode. She really carries it with the waitress in this episode. I've brought it up a few times. I'm not really going to go much Sweet D, further we on. We love you. Waitress, you're great. 7.5 out of 10. Spontaneous <laughs> doo pals, of course. And Charlie is always... I think Charlie's like really one of the beacons in this show. I understand why people think he is one of the main characters. Quotes? Let's do it. Five. I was about to say I'm sticking with my six on this one. Four. Hmm. Um, I I had a seven, but I that, that was a bit too high for my liking. I'll, I'll go down to a six. I thought that entirely too high. I <laughs> I thought that the quotes that were here it was very quote heavy. They they said a lot of stuff, um, rapid fire stuff, a lot of things that um you kind of miss in this episode. Um, uh, give us a couple. Okay. Why um, would we drop a bomb on Japan? They make our cars. Yeah, yeah they're our friends. <laughs> I, I, like I just considered friends. that really good Charlie, but yeah, that's a really funny or, one. I like you when when um when Mac is like, collect that pension, Frank. Like what pension do any of these people have that they're gonna collect on? That's uh that's just a really good underlying quote. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's just like some like things that you more gotta think about. Yeah, yeah that's Tell that's, me tell me about Patty's pub. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> When when um when Charlie's asking yeah when Charlie's interviewing Dennis oh yeah and then that like, that whole bit that's more of like character bit speed yeah. has everything to do I was thinking more along the lines of those lines like speed, speed is the name of the everything game everything to do with it speed is the name of the yeah. game um, is this a hose do, job are you guys hosing me yeah that too <laughs> and then he's like uh, I'm gonna go do the fires or whatever you want me to start here's here's the third time that I'm gonna bring it up gang sing all the time you ever heard a gangster rap uh, that just doesn't get old, and um, that is a dumb, stupid, dumb idea. <laughs> and then when Frank says, "I'm gonna let my blade do the talking," uh, I like that like, one too. Oh, how intimidating could Danny DeVito with a switch li- switchblade be? Not as much as Danny DeVito with a uh, snub nose pi- uh, pistol. <laughs> uh, hey, here's another quote. Whenever Dennis says, "I don't give a shit." He says it a lot. That's like yeah, his catchphrase. Bar, I love that. It's kind of his catchphrase. Like he says that a lot. What am I going to do? I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then when D says, just turn a blind eye while I rob this place stupid. Yeah. I got that one. I got I one. There's some good stuff. Her in delivery in this episode. She just says <laughs> yeah. like when she says, you can fill out the, the application for me. You know, she she's really getting it like. Yeah. Uh, Mad props to Kaylin Olsen on that one. Um, uh, you already Thanks said I I gotta get a beer at the fifties rock cafe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I uh, I fuck. I gotta get a beer and then I'll get on the fires. Whatever you want me to start, Donnie already said that one. Uh, when Mac is calling out Charlie for selling his shares, you gave me a shitload of shares for half a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> the half. Of a sandwich is really the the key in that. And how many shares did they break it down into? Like That's how what many? I'm saying. Like, They're not shareholders. Like, They're what just they? idiots that own a bar. Yeah, like when they really wrote it down, like did they say like, all right, we're having fifty thousand shares. We each get this amount. Blah blah. Or they just like, use percentages to be king of the castle in the moment. Yeah, and I, for the sake of argument, I'm I doubt they actually keep track of any of it. So like sure they might say they were trading and this and that, but like I'm sure none of it's actually documented or recorded or official or any of that. I don't think they're I don't think they're keeping track of it at all. (laughs) What was that? 
We'll circle back to the secret tunnel. Damn, you guys are just writing down anything that made you half chuckle in this episode, didn't you? I mean, I only gave it a six. That's, That's my lowest score so five. far. Yeah, uh, yeah, but by the end of that, by the end of that bit, like I get it. You guys think there's a helicopter and whatnot in the building. Like I don't know. That wasn't as funny to me. I didn't write that one down. I only literally wrote. I'm not down moving six. off of a four. I might go to three actually. I mean, that's not bad, but I mean, if you think about it, we probably just listed 10, 15 quotes. Yeah, screw you. I'll stay at four. Yeah. Reason will prevail. But there are some where, like, to get me to a seven, eight, nine, ten, stuff like that, like, I will literally fill up an entire page of quotes and have to pause the episode and be like, I need to write down that entire paragraph. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, exactly. Like Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, one more time, four? Six. Six. Five. Sounds right to me. Altogether, between the quotes and the characters and the story, you got the overall humor of this episode. How many jokes were there? How often did it make you laugh? I thought it was six. pretty funny overall. It was six, yeah, and no, I just took it one up from there. Yeah, I went with a seven. Eight. Like, I want to like this episode. Like, I really want to funny. like this episode. It was funny as fuck. But knowing what the next handful of episodes are in this series i they're legendary i just can't give this episode more credit than average at best like the arguments have been really good for this episode the characters have been strong but um it's making me laugh just about as much as the previous episodes we reviewed which have been eh i thought it was funny the north korea situation by I mean, a landslide. They're not not funny, but by for a, God's a lot. sakes, we got Sweet D, Sweet D's dating a retarded person. And the Frank sets Sweet D on fire coming up for the next two. Like, it's, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Overall humor. I gave it a five. I gave it a seven. Eight. Like Six. I said. Six? I don't know. What did you guys like about it more? I got a few scenes that... Are hockey having a heart attack on the, the, the music and he closed the heart the door. attack? Yeah, yeah, the door, the cold open. We still all Charlie's, on. Charlie's job rant. Out. Charlie's job rant on jobbies and job jobbies. Yeah, he didn't even say like they grow on trees. Like he literally said they grow on jobbies. They like jo whenever like Doctor Seuss tree. Yeah, like he couldn't even finish it off and like make sense slightly. And they're, they're having their their oblivious conversation in front of like the person they're talking about, and the camera pans away. And, and they're there. Exactly. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's a great bit. I forget I exactly. That was a bit played out. You're played yeah. out. You're a bit. Played out you're, a bit no, you're a bit played out. So, wood versus well, wood. Well, you know what? I have a Dodger dog, and they've been serving Dodger dogs for six thousand years. So I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the wood know. situation was funny as hell too. There's a few good points, but if those points weren't there, if those few scenes weren't there, I'd for sure be giving this episode like a two. On what? the overall humor, yeah, but what? The cold, whenever Charlie's like with with the waitress didn't make me walking over, that much. It just I think didn't. the cold open, the ending being pretty solid and pretty funny, and then we've mentioned three or four solid different like two to three minute scenes that we really love. That's half or over half the episode right there. So we really enjoy at least half or over half this episode. To be completely fair, so I'll I'll Another put it halfway. Point yeah, no, that's fair, but. Five. Another Sorry. good humor point was why are they putting hockey's ashes into a fire if they've already cremated it? That's what he wanted, dude. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> was it though? And then stand around the fire and put my cremated remains in another fire. While singing doo wops. You know. I think that's how I need to go. Hockey yellow jacket boy! 
um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, anyone want to try and convince me? Like, no, the episode I'm not trying more? to convince. you. I tried I just... to. I gave you rattled off a whole list of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, mm. Collect that pension. What pension do no, ha- any no, of these no, people no. have? I got they want that. To collect? Frank could, I got that. Couldn't Frank technically have a pension? Frank probably has a pension from the many companies he has started. Yeah. I'd assume he has a 401k. Warthog. Yeah, the way the dish of the day is actually someone in real life whose name I am censoring right now. Uh, the warthog is Frank. You know, it's it's two different people. He puts on the persona when he walks in the building. Yeah. Even the, the warthog wore suspenders, right? Yeah, that's when uh, Charlie wears more suspenders. Mm-hmm. Shall we? We shall. It's time for the... Wild card, bitches! Yeah! I know someone's going to... Go first because I know you guys are going to steal this one, so I'm just going to fucking it. dip it in the bud. Six... 6.5 Yellow Jackets out of 10. You suck. I wasn't going to say it. Yes. Six Yellow, six yellow Jackets uh-huh. for the actual Yellow Jackets and 0.5 Yellow Jackets because Mac's a bitch. <laughs> is that what you had too? <laughs> yes, I had six Yellow Jackets out of 10, but the Dish of the Day's Dodger Dogs explanation, way better, way better than whatever I had. I I thought that the Yellow Jackets was going to be too like on on the nose for this episode, so I went... Um, cause I, cause I liked it. I went seven and a half and I'm doing seven and a half shit loads of shares out of 10. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and use the classic, uh, Diamond hands. I, I'm going to go ahead and use the classic that I counted. I was going to use how many times they use bears and twinks, but that was way, <laughs> but that was way too fucking many. So I just 20. To, yeah. So I said to pick one and it was just the bears. So I counted eight after I decided to just count the bears. It was just the bears? Just the bears, exactly. The bears? And that's why I picked the bears instead of the twinks, but... See, if, if oh, Donnie... Oh, no, right? Aren't those the sports team that you like? Yeah. If Donnie and I can get along. If, if a Packers fan and a Bears fan can sit across the table and talk about Sonny, anything is possible. I give it five and a half farewell shots out of ten. Hell yeah. Just because I like Let's that. Let's take a farewell shot. You guys want to take some farewell shots? <laughs> Yeah, like, we're solid. getting fired anyways. So, five and a half for that. All right, so after getting together and singing some of our favorite doo-wop anthems, we have a harmony of a score here today. We have all of our scores combined to go on the list of lists, our ranking of every episode of Sunny so far. And uh, before we get to that, let's talk about IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, what we've been using for fan scores on this episode. What do you guys think the fans gave this episode the gang sells out. 8.9. 8.4. Somewhere between 8.2 and 8.4, we got 8.3. Damn, I was way off that, that time. This is number 18 for the fans. 18 out of 24, 8.3 with under 2,000 votes. So that's what the fans think of this. What episode. about us? What about us? What about love? Let's start with you, Adam. Uh, Adam gave this episode a 7.3. Yeah. All right, this episode is number 16 for Adam on his list. Uh, That is tied with Charlie Goes America all over everyone's ass. Awesome job there, Adam. Uh, Myself, I gave this episode a 5.6. I hated on this episode the most. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. I put this episode at number 19 out of 24 on my list. That's a 5.6 from me. The Dish of the Day gave this episode a 6.6. Point nine, setting it at number eight for him, just behind Dennis and D go on welfare and tied 
with the previous episode we reviewed, the gang solves a North Korea situation. So two 6.9s in a row there for the dish of the day. Last but not least, uh, Donnie gave this episode a 7.2, sitting at number 7 out of 24. That's 7.2 from Donnie, tied with the Aluminum Monster versus Fatty Magoo. What do you think of that? Sounds about fair? I like this better than that one, but yeah, sounds close. All right. All together, we have a total score of 6.8 for this episode. 6.8, putting this episode at number 12, right smack dab in the middle, one click below Mac Bang's Dennis's mom, and one above the Illumina Monster versus Fatty Magoo. So it sounds like our average scores are starting to match up with Donnie's is what it sounds like. But uh, if you want to check this list here for yourself, you can head on over to our subreddit, our Always Sunny Pod, where you can find more talk about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the list of lists every episode that we have reviewed so far ranked. And one more time, at Always Sunny Pod is where you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if all this is too much for you, rumham.transistor.fm has everything you want for Rumham and Wildcards. Be sure to hit that five-star review. We appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for listening. We we love doing this, and we'll be back here in uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, not a couple weeks. I forgot. We're weekly again. Uh, we'll be back in a week to review Frank Sweat's, Frank Sets Sweet D on fire, and I can already tell him to have a hell of a time. Yeah, I'm excited to say that five times fast. Sweet, sweat, sweet, sweet sweat, D. Sweat, 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 sweat. I am sweating. It's hot in here. You're right. So let's let's end it here, Rest you guys. RIP hockey. <laughs> hockey. 2007. Eighty-year-old man, what a dog. Boom, 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 boom. I never spoke much, but he had his Rumham and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegginghall. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Plegginghall, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbart, and the Dish of the Day.